Ah, 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 don't touch that dial. Light up a camel cigarette. C-A-M-E-L. And listen to Blondie. Before we drop over to the Bumstead house to visit Chick Young's famous characters, Blondie and Dagwood, a word from the makers of Camel Cigarettes. I think every one of you listeners who smoke will agree that when it comes to cigarettes, these three factors make for more smoking pleasure. They are mildness, coolness, and flavor. Now let's take a look at the facts and see how Camel Cigarettes rate in these three important factors. First, mildness. Well, common sense tells you that a fast, hot-burning cigarette will not smoke comfortably, but camels are slow-burning, mild and mellow. Camels give you extra mildness. Second, coolness. You don't need to be an expert to appreciate that the slower a cigarette burns, the cooler the smoking. Camels give you extra coolness. Third, flavor. Fast-burning creates heat, destroys the subtle elements of flavor and aroma. Slow-burning preserves flavor and lets it come through. Camels give you extra flavor. Yes, slow-burning camels give smokers extra mildness, extra coolness, and extra flavor. And extra smoking, too. More actual smoking for cigarette for facts. In recent impartial laboratory tests, camels burn slowest of all. 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brands tested. That means camels give a smoking plus equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. And now it's time for our weekly visit with the Bumstead. We find Blondie in her spotless kitchen, just placing a huge dish of fresh baked cookies on the table. Mommy. And here comes Baby Dumpling. Mommy, listen. Yes, Baby Dumpling. Well, I was just wondering, there was a poor little boy that I sent her just now. A poor boy? Uh-huh. He was awful hungry, Mommy. I was just wondering if we could still get a couple of those cookies for a hungry boy, Mommy. Why, of course we can, dear. You bring him around to the desk door, and I'll fill his little hands with cookies. Okay, Mommy. That'd be awful, Patsy. <laughs> now, let's see. I'll give him one of these. No. And a couple of these plastic ones. Poor little fellas. And, uh... I just was going to three of these sugar cookies. Yes. Yes, I'm coming. Hello, Mama. Well, here's some cookies for you. Why, Baby Dumpling, you're all alone. Where's the little boy you were so hungry? Well, Mommy, uh, I was here. Baby Dumpling bumped it. The idea of playing such a trick on me. April Fool, Mama. Oh, April Fool, eh? April Fool, can I have those cookies now? April Fool, no, you can't. Uh-oh. Well, not till after dinner. These cookies are for your father because today is his birthday. Is Daddy a boy twice, Mommy? Why, no, dear. What am I on here? Well, how does I get to have two birthdays for Well, you see, Baby Duncan, uh, Daddy was really born in Leap Year. Uh-huh. Uh, Leap Year? Oh, that's the year that comes every four years. In leap year, the month of February has 29 days instead of 28. Well, your father was born on the 29th. That was tough. Of course, his family wanted him to have a birthday oftener than every four years, so they let him pick his own birthday, and he picked April 1st. Why did they pick April Fool's Day, Mommy? Well, I think it was so he'd remember that it was April Fool's Day and not get caught too often. 
Fred didn't do any good. He always gets caught. I'll tell her that the one I'm Hey, everybody home? What? What? Mr. Gibbons. Well, I'm not catching. Will you tell me? Uh, now, be polite, baby. After all, he's daddy's dog. Okay, Mama. Hello, baby girlfriend. Hi, Mr. Gibbons. Thanks. What's that on your neck? Huh? Where? Well, I, I don't feel anything on my neck. Oh, so full. That's an old head. Hey, <laughs> baby. <laughs> 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 That's a good one. Well, Mr. Gibbons, this is a nice surprise. Surprise? Uh, didn't Dagwood tell you I was coming for dinner? Why, uh, no. This isn't another joke, is it? It better not be. Dinner's no joking matter. Oh, well, all I meant was Dagwood didn't tell me. Dinner isn't ready. Yeah, I know. I came early. Wanted to let you in on something. Little surprise for Dagwood. Did he tell you it was his birthday? Oh, sure. That's the point. So I arranged a surprise. Now, if I tell you what it is, will you agree not to tell him? Of course, I won't spoil the surprise. Okay. It's a watch. A watch? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Gibbons, how nice. But you shouldn't have done that. This isn't his real birthday, you know. That's an April Fool birthday. Oh, don't worry. The watch is April Fool, too. Oh, isn't it a good watch? Certainly not. It's just for a laugh. Now, listen. I make a speech, please, like this. In recognition of your unbroken record for being late at the office, I want to present you with this little token. When you open the box, watch out, because time flies. Then comes the big laugh. Oh. It's a trick watch, see? When he goes to lift it out of the box, it blows up. Blows up? Sure. Flies into a million pieces. It's a scream. Fella pulled it at the Civic Club the other day. I'm using the same watch. Oh, can it be put together again? Oh, sure. Draw the jeweler can fix it for the next fall guy. He rents the watch. I'm on my way to his store now to get it. Now, remember, you gave me your promise not to tell Dadwood. Well, all right, Mr. Divers. Only Dadwood doesn't understand just like that very well. Oh, poppycock. He's got to learn to take a ribbing once in a while. I don't start dinner till I get back. I laugh better on a full stomach. <laughs> Um, yeah. What's the matter, Mommy? Well, I'm a little worried about Mr. Gibbs' joke. Daddy's been kind of hoping he'd get a present from him. Uh, not so much for the present, baby, Duncan. It's kind of show that he's a friend. He'll be so happy when he gets the watch, and then when he finds out it's a joke, I'm afraid it'll be an awful letdown. Can't we do something about it, Mommy? I don't know. We can't seem like two or but I... I don't like it. I bet if I thought among myself for a long time, I could do something about it. Um, can I go out of here for a while, Mommy? Well, yes, dear. But don't be late for dinner. Oh, here's Daddy now. Hi, Blondie. Hi, baby. Oh, hello, dear. And happy birthday again. Yes, thanks. Hi, Daddy. Happy April Fool's goodbye. Yeah, well, that was soon over. Well, what was his hurry? Oh, he's going outside to think. Think about what? Oh, April Fool's jokes, I guess. Look, Daddy. Huh? You, uh, you don't mind much if people throw jokes on you today, do you? Even if it is sort of your birthday. No. I mean, no matter who played the joke on you, you wouldn't feel really badly, would you? No, no, honey. I can take a joke. Why, I like jokes. Oh, there's a phone. Maybe I'd better take it. No, no, it, it might be somebody wishing me happy birthday. <laughs> Hello. This is Mr. Bell of the telephone company. We're testing your line. 
Is it a do-flag lift? Oh, oh no. <laughs> this may be important. Maybe they, uh, they uh, call old subscribers on their, their birthdays now and wake down. Are, are you there, Mr. Buffett? Uh, yes, Mr. Tell. Uh, I mean, Mr. Bell. Uh, will you stand back to your phone about uh, five feet, please? Huh? Oh, oh, sure. Sure. I am. Thank you, pal. With him. Oh, yeah, glad to, of course. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. Louder, please. Huh? Louder. Oh. Why, you make a lovely canary. April Fool. Oh. Well, Dad, what? Yeah, you know, I knew it was a joke. I, <laughs> I didn't want to spoil his fun. I'm glad everybody else has such a good time on my birthday. Well, now, don't you care, Dad, what? I have an asked dinner for you. Dinner? Well, what are we waiting for? <laughs> we can't start dinner without Mr. Dillard. Mr. Dillard? Oh, that's right. Hey, how did you find out he was coming? Why, uh, uh, I'll get it. Oh, no, no, uh, probably for me. You know, it's my birthday, and I... Hello? Good evening, Mr. Lumpkin. I'm C.R. Peter, service department, useful light and power company. Uh-huh. Uh, would you mind... Oh, I know, sir. Not at all. Uh, just a minute. What is it, Dad? What? Oh, it's the uh, light and power company. They're uh, worried about a street light out here. And... Well, it's okay. Hello. Yeah. Is the street light burning? Yeah, sure it's burning okay. Well, don't forget to blow it out before you go to bed. April 4th. <laughs> oh. Now what? Did they get you again, Dad? Oh, no, no. Uh... Uh, what were we talking about when the phone rang? Oh, uh, at dinner. Why did you invite Mr. Ditters for dinner tonight, Dad? It was a matter of punctuation. Punctuation? Uh-huh. See, I just started to say, uh, uh, you must come out to the house for dinner, comma, uh, some night soon. Yeah? Uh, well, he put a period after dinner, and before I could finish, he said he'd be out tonight. No, I'll take that. This time I'll show them who's an April fool. Mm-hmm. Hello! Listen! Fun is fun, but I've had enough nonsense from you. Oh, it's Mr. Jiffy. Oh, maybe he can't come, huh? Maybe he can't come, huh? Oh, no. Doctor, I'll be there. Let me talk to Blondie. Yeah, yeah. He's coming, Blondie. He wants to talk to you. Oh, um, hello, Mr. Jiffy. Listen, Blondie. I'll be a little late. George McGuire is closing up. Oh, well, I'm glad, Marie. You, uh, won't have the, uh... Time, huh? I'll have the watch. Don't worry. I made him send a crack down to open up and let me get it. They can't stop chasing each other that easy. Oh, well, all right. We'll wait. Goodbye. What uh, won't he have time for, Blondie, huh? Never mind, Dad. Would I? I promise not to tell. Oh, a surprise, huh? <laughs> I uh, told Mr. Dillard it was my birthday. Sorry, I bet he's got something for me. Oh, Dad, well, don't, don't expect too much, will you? Oh, no, no, honey. It isn't a gift. It's a thought that counts. Well, I don't mind holding dinner while from good old Mr. Diddy. I'll just fix a little snack to keep my strength while I'm waiting. Oh, dear. I hope he won't be too disappointed. <laughs> Dinner, Blondie. Puts me in good humor. Yeah, me too. Well, I was having, you know what, fun, Mama. 
Yes. There's something I want to get in the kitchen. Will you all excuse me? Oh, uh, oh yes. before we cut the cake, yes. uh, baby Duffy, you run out to the hall closet and look in my overcoat pocket. Bring me the little leather box in the right-hand pocket. Okay. I'll make the cake so I can there. box, huh? <laughs> uh, oh, excuse me, Mr. Davis. I'll uh, just uh, put out the electric light. Put them out? Why? Well, the candles on the cake will look better by themselves. <laughs> we can see enough to... Uh, uh, we can see all right in the bikes the candles. Here comes the cake. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dad. <laughs> oh, boy. Look at that, Mr. Davis. Yeah, what's keeping baby dumpling? I want that Blow out the candles and make a wish, Dad. Now, wait a minute. Huh? Before you blow out the candles, uh, I've got a word to say. Quiet, all. Mr. Titters has a leather, uh, I mean, a word to say. Go ahead, Daisy. Well, Dagwood, in recognition of your unbroken record for being late at the office, I want to present you with this little token. Oh, well, thanks. Well, I can say it. Thanks, Mr. Titters. When you open the box, watch out, because time flies. Yeah. I'll open it right now. <laughs> oh, boy, look, Bondi, a what? Yeah, pick it up. I'll look it over. Yeah. Now I know what you didn't have time for, <laughs> to get it engraved. Oh, but that's okay. Boy, it's a beauty. Hey, pick <laughs> it out of the box. Yeah. Wait, guys, when I pick it up, huh? Oh, sure. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Certainly, it's well watched. Why, Mr. Dibbert, it doesn't say that. I see it, doesn't it? Something wrong with it. Huh? No, no, nothing's wrong. It's okay. Uh, let me see that watch. Get it here. Sure, take careful now. I wouldn't want anything to happen so soon. Well, I would. Huh? Hey, look, look out. But well, don't knock. Oh, oh, baby. Somebody's doing the best, Hey, That's hey. mighty funny. It ought to come apart. Hey, no, no, no. No. Won't work, hey. I'll make it work. Hey. Oh, my surprise. Give a man a watch and then... Listen, I'll explain the whole thing. It was just a gag. A gag? Hey, who's this? Why, it's Jordan the jeweler. Excuse me for walking right in, but I was excited. You're excited. Listen, Jordan, you've ruined my whole evening. Am I too late for the joke? The joke getting for yeah, What joke? Oh, Dad, what I wanted to tell Let you. Let me explain. My clerk made a mistake. He didn't give you the watch that comes apart. Huh? No, here is the trick watch. Then what was the watch Mr. Dibbs do? Broke. Where is it? Down here on the floor, smashed. Smashed. Miss Pettilow, do you know what you've done? Well, broken the wrong watch? Yes, Mr. Pettilow. You've destroyed the best watch in my store, and it's going to cost you $150, Mr. Pettilow. Oh. Oh, my. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a burning question to put before you tonight. As a matter of fact, it's the burning question on cigarettes. Does your cigarette burn fast, or is your cigarette slow burning? Smokers, believe me, it makes a difference the way your cigarette burns. And here's a sound, scientific explanation of that difference. Fast burning in a cigarette creates heat, and nothing interferes with mildness, coolness, and flavor like the excess heat of too fast burning. Slow burning, on the other hand, preserves flavor, lets it come through in the smoking. And of course, the slower a cigarette burns, the cooler and milder the smoking. That, friends, is why smokers turn to camel cigarettes. Camels are slower burning. In recent laboratory tests, 
camels burn 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brand tested, slower than any of them. That means camels give a smoking plus equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. Smokers who live in communities where certain state cigarette taxes are in effect can save the cost of the tax, and in some instances more, through smoking camels. If you live in a community where there are no added taxes on cigarettes, the savings are all yours. Camels are made from costlier tobacco and give you extra mildness, extra coolness, extra flavor. And as I said before, extra smoking, equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. Penny for penny, camels are your best cigarette buy. And now we return to the Bumstead ringside, where Dithers and Jordan the jeweler are trying to outshout each other. A hundred and fifty dollars? Ah, to you, Mr. Dithers. Now listen. Listen to what? You had the floor. Now let me have a word. Have a thousand words. What does it get you? You owe me one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, yeah? yeah? Well, try and get it. Oh, I'll get it. Don't worry. I'm not worrying. Yeah, I am. So am I. Baby. But I've got something to tell you, Mama. That's important. Oh, you baby, jump in, guys. Too many people want to talk now. Fine, Dora. Wants me to pay for his mistake. A fine businessman. Gives his faithful employees to watch it. Gentlemen, this isn't getting us anywhere. Mama, I want to tell you something. Why, I'm baby, jump with me. I said, look, I'm sorry. But, guys, my nerves. Baby, go upstairs to bed. You too, Dad. Yeah, me? Go to bed. Oh, I mean, put baby to bed, dear. Oh, yes. I have an idea for settling this argument. Oh, okay, come on, baby, jump with I don't want to hear any more about it. All I want to hear is Hitler saying, here's your check. Ah, no, 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 wait. As I understand it, Mr. Jordan, you want Mr. Gibbers to hand you $150. Not one penny less. Gibbers takes an article that belongs to me. He smashes it. Any talk in the land will give me damages to the extent of the value. Well, Mr. Gibbers, that sounds like a strong case. Think so? Yes. You did smash a watch, and it wasn't yours. It was some dad and card if you refused to pay anything for it. You hear that, Gibbers? But. But. But what? But I'm willing to help you out, Mr. Gibbers. I've got a proposition to make. You put up $25, and I'll get you out of this. For $25? Not a chance. Oh, is that so? Well, I've seen Blondie get out of work than this. I'm with you, Blondie. Oh, you are, eh? Okay. Let me see you get him out of it, Mrs. Bumpkin. All right, Mr. Jordan. Here goes. Now, you spoke of going to law just now. Oh, you want to go to law, eh? Uh, no, and neither do you. Because, Mr. Jordan, while you might make Mr. Dibbers look, uh, well, uh, not very generous, eh? uh-huh. Mr. Dibbers will make you, Mr. Jordan, look very, very silly. Eh? Uh-huh. Now, look, how would it sound in court, Mr. Jordan, when you had to admit that your agent or clerk didn't know the difference between a hundred and fifty dollar gold watch and an April Fool watch that falls apart. <laughs> well, I'm willing to arbitrate. Uh, now I'm going to ask you some questions. You don't have to answer, but I think you'd better, because the answers are all on your books, and, and the lawyer could get a court order to look at those books. You want to know prices? Uh huh, and costs too. I've got nothing to hide. 
Good. Now, what is the price of the trick watch? What's that got to do with anything? The watch that he smashed is $150. You said you had nothing to hide. Now, uh, what do you ask for the trick watch? $75. Oh, what a robber. Oh, a robber, am I? Now, are you for the law? Oh, now, wait. Mr. Bitters, if I'm going to settle this, you'd better leave us alone. Huh? Please. Now, now you go on out in the kitchen and, and get a drink of water or something. All right, all right. Call me when Gordon hollers for help. <laughs> My, I'm glad you keep your dignity, Mr. Jordan. Never mind the soft soap, madam. I'm waiting for any facts you may have that will make me take less than $150 for that watch. All right. I'll give you that. But first, uh, why do you value the trick watch so highly? It's a good rental property. In one year, I rented it five times, at five dollars a time. Six mm-hmm. times, including Gibbous. Oh, I see. And how much did you actually pay for the trick watch? That's my business. Oh, I thought you had nothing to hide. Well, the trick watch cost me fifty dollars. I asked seventy-five because I'm entitled to fifty percent on any sale. That's what I wanted to know. Your profit is fifty percent. That would mean that the good watch only actually cost you one hundred dollars. Well, yes, and I might settle for that, but not one penny less. Well, we'll see. Uh, now, getting back to the trick watch, uh, it cost you fifty dollars, and you've made twenty-five dollars in rentals on it. So, if that watch got smashed, the real loss to you would be just twenty-five dollars. Now, is that right? Well, yes. All right. Mr. Gibbers has offered to settle for $25. Oh, he has. Well, it won't work, Mrs. Bumstead. I'm going to be paid for the good watch, because it was the good watch that he smashed. Not in the eyes of the law. Eh? Why not, I'd like to know. Well, uh, take this example. Your wife goes into a store where they have an original gown from Paris. Value $300. She better not buy it. Uh, she doesn't. They also have exact copies at $30 apiece. Your wife orders a copy. Well? Well, the store makes a mistake. They send her the original. Now, she didn't order that. She doesn't want that. She doesn't know she has it. But she wears it thinking it's the copy. Then she spills ink on it. She does? Is it paid for? Yes. She paid $30. But the store discovers their mistake. They bring a copy and ask for the original back. It's spoiled. So they bill her for $300. What? Well, I'd like to see them get it. I'm glad you see my point. <laughs> but the watch is different. Not a bit. Now, listen. Mr. Vitter's rented a watch. He got what he thought was a trick watch. He had every right to think that. He didn't order a good watch. He paid a rental to get a come-apart watch. When it didn't work the way you told him it would, he tried to make it work. Yeah, he made it come apart all right. Of course he did. He paid to see it come apart. Now... I'm not sure he couldn't do you. Sue me? What for? Well, he'd paid you a sum to have a laugh on someone else. He said the laugh's been on him. If I said you had made him very ridiculous, he might get damages. I've had enough. You win. Oh, thank you. You can come in now, Mr. Gibby. Uh, bring me $25, please. Ah, see the light, eh, Jordan? Well, it is a $25. Oh, that's a lot to pay for an April Fool's joke. Oh, you think you're stuck, eh? How about me? I'm out $125. You mean $75. I heard you admit the broken watch only cost $100. Well, then I'm out $75. That's $50 more than you are. But you're really not out any more than Mr. Dibbs. Oh, I'm not, eh? 
How do you think of that? Well, you have the trick watch, haven't you? I'll be lucky if I still have it when I leave here. How does that make me losing no more than dinner? He's only out $25. Don't you see? It's plain as the nose on your face. Listen. I'm listening. So am I. Now, Mr. Jordan had two watches. He paid $50 for one and $100 for the other. Total, $150. Right. He now has only one watch, but he values it at $75, his own figure. Right. So he has $75 plus $25 he made in rentals on it. Now, that's $100 plus $25 Mr. Zitter's paid him for it. Now, that's $125, or only $25 less than he paid for both watches. He's right, Jordan. We're even. Now, now then, come on, sit down. Well, I don't mind. Good night. I'm going because she has me owing somebody money. I'm glad you mentioned that, Mr. Jordan. How about the $5 rental Mr. Gibbs paid? Hey, what? It isn't fair to rent a man a thing that you also sell him and that you never get. You've got the watch, Mr. Jordan. I'm going. I think I've worn out my welcome. Hey, wait. He's right again. Give me that phone. I'll get him. Come back, Jordan. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Hey, Swami, you know what? No. What? <laughs> Baby, jump like a gummy. Come here. Ask my mommy what you told me upstairs. I was trying to tell everybody down here. Just that I bought better or what What? How? <laughs> he took the money out of his pig bag. All he had. So I wouldn't be disappointed when Mr. Gillis pulled his joke. Why, baby, Benjamin? That was sweet. I went to the toy store and bought a watch for 238 cents. There was worth two hundred and fifty Like mother, like son. A bargain here. Where is the watch you got, baby? Yes. Got her, baby. Yes, I did as well. Oh, no, baby. Oh, yes, you did. See, when baby went to the coat closet to get that box for Mr. Dillard, baby jumped and switched. Did watch for the one in Mr. Dillard's pocket. But I thought it wouldn't have that joke played on him. Well, bless your heart. I don't care if I never get a watch that is done like that. But wait, then where is the good watch we thought was broken? I got it, Mommy. Right here, see? Oh, oh, for heaven's sake. Hello, you got away from me. Hey, what's that? Huh? Oh, it's the watch we thought you broke. Baby Dumpling saved it. Hey, how? There was a little skullduggery in the closet. Uh, it was a watch baby had bought his father that you broke. Oh, it was, eh? It took all my chance to buy it, too. Well, let's see if we can't fix that. How much was Jordan now? Twenty-five dollars? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll pay him that, and then I'll own this watch. You'll have a bargain, too. Fifty dollars for a watch that retails at one hundred pounds. You mean Bailey will have a bargain? It's his. To pay for the one I broke. Oh, oh no. Uh, the, the difference in price, uh, that's too much. No, that wouldn't. I won't miss $50. The baby's watch cost him all he had. I'm getting off easy. Here, baby. Hi. Where are they? Huh? Speak, baby. Speak. Okay. Daddy, that's the solution for the unbroken record of a good daddy. I would like to present you with a token or something. Uh, I wish you luck and happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday.
despite all the April Fool jokes that were played on him. So join the Bumsteads next Monday when the makers of Camel Cigarettes again bring you Penny Singleton as Blondie and Arthur Lake as Jaguar. Let me also suggest that you listen to Camel's other standout shows. On Saturday, there's luncheon at the Waldorf with Ilka Chase. You'll find the new high in daytime entertainment. On Saturday night, tune in and hear Bob Crosby and Mildred Bailey featuring music with a heartbeat. Well, that's a tip for your radio pleasure. And for your smoking pleasure, try camels. You'll find more pleasure for puffs, more puffs for facts. Our Blondie Orchestra is directed by Billy Art, who also creates the special musical effects. And this is Bill Goodwin speaking for the makers of Camel Cigarettes. Until Monday, good night all. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.